whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey there, friends, and I just want to say happy graduation to those of us uh, who are graduating, have children graduating from high school or graduating from college, uh, advanced degrees. Those are exciting. The higher you get in education, a lot of times, the more you actually want to learn about what you're learning. You get more into your area of study. So I just want to say happy graduation to everyone. And in New York State, we have a little bit later of a school year. So just now at the end of the June, we're starting to get to our high school graduations. I'm going to a graduation tonight. Um, but as we're thinking about graduation, I'm actually thinking a lot about knowledge and what we know and what we don't know, what I would like my daughter to know, what she's starting to know. How many of you out there who are over 25 knew everything when you were 15 years old and then somehow lost it between then and now okay let me restate it how many of you who are out there who are 25 or older thought you knew everything when you were 15 and then the older you got the more you learned the more you realized how much you have to know such is it with life yeah I knew everything when I was 15. I had everything planned when I was 15, especially when I was 16 and 17. I had everything planned. I had my life mapped. I knew who I was going to marry. Uh, I I had inserted, I told God, you know, and of course back then I felt like I must have faith because things are going right and I have all the plans and I found the right person for me. He didn't know he was the right person for me. I had just told God and I figured, you know, Okay, my vending machine God, I'm inserting my faith. I'm inserting my obedience. I'm I'm putting the work in God. I'm not entitled. I'm just putting the work in. Or so I thought. <laughs> and I had all these plans. I, I had a couple good, you know, and, and here's the thing. God had really spoken to me and I had a few good ideas. But what happened was I, I had, you know, for instance, I knew I wanted to live a life with purity and with integrity. And that that's good. You know, I missed the mark a little here and there, but, uh, it's a good goal. And I felt I had felt a call to ministry and to study early on. And what happened was I took that and said, okay, God, thanks. I got it from here. And I made all these other plans that I thought were right. Cause somehow I thought it was my job to have the answers and make the plans and throughout life. Oh my goodness. The past 30 years, I, Somehow this week of knowledge, I keep coming back to how many times I've been wrong, how much I don't know. You know, you learn and you go through stuff. And I mean, intellectually, I know more now. Spiritually, I know the Lord more now. Relationally, I have stronger relationships now. But the more I grow in that area, the more I realize how much I have to grow. The more I find answers, the more I realize how many answers I don't have. Isn't that odd? The more 
you learn, the more you realize how much you have to learn. It's because your eyes get open to bigger and bigger things that you're like, when you didn't know the new worlds, it's like, I know, I think I know my little tiny part of the world, but you don't realize how much the world is beyond you. And by the way, I did not marry the person I'd planned to marry. Um, I was right in that he was a very good man. He has been a very good husband to someone else for the past 25 years. And that person was God's best for him. And he was God's best for them. He was not God's best for me. I was not God's best for him. And I'm very glad I was wrong because for his part, he got to the right person. For my part, I got to the right person. So thank you, God, that you don't always give us what we ask for, you know. Um, But again, today, what's kind of been hovering over me for the past few days is not just wisdom, but beginnings and endings and knowing and not knowing. And, uh, you know, in just just a few minutes, I'm going to be leaving to see the viewing for my sister-in-law. And it's in a different state. And then I have to leave early from that to come back. You know, I, I can't even really sit through the whole funeral because I have to come back for my daughter's graduation ceremony. And, um, wow, talk about planned and unplanned things, you know. In a sense, the two things that you're certain will happen in life, in your lifetime, will be that you will be born and that you will die. And between that, hopefully you find a couple other uncertainties, but in terms of these things absolutely will happen. <laughs> You know, you'll be born and you will die. And, uh, and and yet, you know, obviously for my sister-in-law to pass away at the age of 53 was not planned. Um, she received it with grace towards the end. She fought it with bravery for that two years between the diagnosis and between when they said, okay, there's nothing more we can do. Uh, just before it, she had gone and gotten certification to be a court-appointed special advocate for those in need, for the underprivileged, for the marginalized, and that was a dream of her. She had realized a lot of other dreams, but this was something that she was moving towards. Obviously, if she had thought that she'd never be able to use this certification, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just weeks before the diagnosis, if she thought she wouldn't be able to use it, she, I'm sure she wouldn't have gone for it, you know? It's just not something that she planned. And um, and then I think of my daughter's graduation. That's one thing that mostly happens. It's a pretty safe thing to say. Sometimes it doesn't. It's usually fairly safe within society to assume that your child will graduate from high school one way or the other. It doesn't always happen. People get their education other ways. Things come up. But I, I wouldn't say that I was overly boastful in saying in 2021, that's probably the year my daughter's you know, going to graduate from high school. And um, so there was a certain level of certainty that this was going to happen. But how and when everything in between has just gotten like so jumbled. And I have to say, I, I've, jum- I've jumbled it. I Being the person who likes to make the plans, I went and and age 15, 16, going, okay, here, God, God, here's my plans. You told me to serve you. This is how I'm going to do it. It must be your will because this is how I see now I'm working and you just make it happen. And when it didn't happen the way I planned, I got mad for a while because I, I want, I wanted to be in control and I wasn't. (laughs) And then I got to the point where 
it was comforting that I wasn't in control. Had a lot of years where I said, all right, God, you make, I'm okay, fine. My plans may not work out. So I'll make the plans and then you can just go ahead and change them. That was better, but still got kind of tiring because there were a lot of necessary plans. And now I'm finally sitting, not always, I, I still mess up so much, but finally sitting in a little bit more of a comfortable, better place where I say, all right, God, we can dream. Dreams are fun. Dreams are gifts because dreams are just exploring possibilities. It's almost like paging through a catalog. When you go through a catalog, you don't plan to order everything in it. But when you look at the possibilities, it's like exciting. So I can brainstorm with God and I don't have to make the plan right there. I can just sit and wait and wait to hear God's voice. And that's better. (laughs) It's better. It's a lot less um, tiring. It's a lot less uh, it's less frustrating because like I'm when I make the plans it's almost like I'm a 12 year old trying to buy drive a bus you know God's supposed to be driving the bus you know it's like God, God you're driving the bus I'm along for the ride I enjoy the scenery I enjoy the ride I may think I know where I'm going but I don't have to rest in it you know and James talks about this, um, James 4, I'm looking for it, uh, 13 to 16. Now listen, you say today or tomorrow, we'll go to this or that city. We'll spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Talk about a killjoy, you know? (laughs) Why not make plans? Why not have excitement about what's going to happen and yet I I don't think he's saying you're not allowed to plan a vacation you're not allowed to plan you're not allowed to plan things even in seeking God we plan things and we can be faithful in planning things and in seeking God and we can be faithful and still make mistakes we can be faithful in our journey towards God's will and misstep And sometimes God allows us to do the misstep because we learn from that. How's that for a thought? I think the wording here is important. When it says in verse 14, you do not even know what will happen today or tomorrow. To know in that sense, there's a lot of different words for knowing, um, the one that's most often used in in a decent way <laughs> in uh, in Greek in the New Testament is gnosko, and that's like an intimate knowledge. That's an awareness that comes through relationship or through you know sitting with something. This we're talking about episteme, which means to assert, literally to stand upon. Um. So it's sort of a knowledge where you're leaning into something or relying upon something or standing upon something. It's an assertion. So on one hand, you're saying, you, you can't assert that. You, you can't say what's... But there's also this thing where like, when it says you do not know, you can't 
rely upon what you think is going to happen. You, you can't lean upon tomorrow. It's not guaranteed. You can't lean upon. So looking at the catalog, fine, you know, praying and faithfully trying to lean in the right direction of God's will in a forward motion, fine. But you can't know for certain. You can't lean upon what you think will happen. Because all we are is breath. The only thing that keeps us alive is our breath. He says, what's your life? It's vapor. It's breath. And for even that, who, who gave us that? That God is the one that gave us breath. God breathed into humans the breath of life. The only thing that keeps us from falling flat on the ground and doing nothing, the only thing that keeps our organs functioning, is our breath. And that can be gone in a second. You don't live very long without it. You know, God can take that in a second, Some. One else can take that in a second. So if we're living based on our understanding of what we think, what we want, what we're planning for tomorrow, we're leaning on the wrong things. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills it, we will live and do this or that. <laughs> if the Lord lives it, wills it, we will live. <laughs> There's that, I'm not even guaranteed tomorrow's breath. As it is, you boast and brag, and all such boasting is evil. I like those words for boasting and bragging, too. The word boast means to um, live with your head high. It actually comes from the word for neck. So it's basically you're walking around with your neck held high with the understanding that I have a better vantage point than others. And... Bragging, that word for arrogance, um, is actually, uh, Ellen's, I'm going to say this wrong. It's from the word for wandering. It's from the word for a person who, you might call it a vagabond, a traveling salesman. You know, that's, there is a very big visual in here that they would know from this word a traveling salesman you know that person that walks around it's kind of a more ancient thing now we don't do it as much in our society but even somebody who travels around the internet somebody who's just putting it out there and offering you know that miracle elixir buy this and all your problems will be gone you know and yet the person may have very little education in the area very little understanding in the area no integrity in the area and the person is going around puffing themselves up and offering the you know all prop look at me look at how great i am look at how high my neck is um peacocking is another word we sometimes use you know look at how great my feathers are look at how high my neck is and i know and i have the best but what they're selling in this traveling salesman kiosk miracle elixir at the fair thing might even often hurt you it's not even that it doesn't help it hurts you and they know nothing about it they may think they know something about it they must just might just be asserting it because they want to grab your money and walk away because there's no permanence in it there's no permanence in a vagabond there's no permanence in a traveling salesman and there's no real guarantee because how are you going to find them when they're gone so there's a 
You think you're something special, but you're the worst. And he actually says, when you talk this way, not only is that not wise, not only is that not good, it literally is evil. It's evil. That's crazy. I don't want to think about myself as evil. But when we walk around and we say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. And and it's scary to think of that like as a 15-year-old. This is my thing. I'm going to do it. And that's how I know I love the Lord. And James is saying, no, that's the exact opposite. And now remember, James knew something about this. He was writing as kind of a father figure to the tribes of Israel who had been scattered. These were the Jews who were in Jerusalem who had experienced Christ and found him as their savior, but then because of that had experienced a great persecution. And so they were scattered. Um, They were scattered among different places. Now they brought the church different places. That was great, but they wouldn't have expected that. I mean, three, four years before, they probably would have expected, you know, where Jews were in Israel, they wouldn't have thought they were going to move all over the world, but then they had to, it happened. You know, they made plans, probably expecting to spend their whole life in the Jerusalem area, you know, in the Judea area, and then they had to move. That was unexpected. You know, James, brother of the Lord, had probably expected that his, you know, brother Jesus, his big bro was going to bring in this new kingdom on earth right now when he was here and they're celebrating it and they're celebrating him as the redeemer and the king of all kings who is going to overthrow all nations and be great and then less than a week later he's hiding as they try him as a criminal and beat him within an inch of his life before just finally taking his life this is his brother and and now James Little brother James is now the big target in Jerusalem. He's the one that's there when everybody else had to leave. So talk about humility. Talk about not knowing or having an idea of what's going to happen. And then a few years later, oh, my goodness, this is not where I thought. He knew, you know, (laughs) he started to know. And not only that, in his case, because his life was such a target, the only safe place with him would have been in constant surrender to Christ. And that's really true to all of us. The only safe place for all of us is in constant surrender to Christ. And that is one way I would say those who are in persecuted nations, um, I do not ask for it. And we pray for them and we stand with them. But the one way that I believe they have an advantage spiritually is that they know how much they need God. They know how they can't rely on tomorrow. They know how they can't lean into it. Sometimes we get this false sense of security where we feel like, okay, yeah, we, I got this, God. You set me up nice. I'm going to take it on. I can make the plans now. Thanks for the primer and planning out of my life. I got it. You know, we do that. Um, in in uh, colonial times, they had something called theism, where they felt, okay, God set up the world, now we take it from here. Some people called it a divine clockmaker theory. God's not just a divine clockmaker, though. He didn't just wind the clock and we turn our own cogs. He didn't. Um, and when we lean on that, it's so, so easy for us to lean into what Satan says as the voice of reason. Satan's voice. It's Satan's voice that telling it, tells us, you got it from here, make your own plans. That's Satan's voice. Sounds like us. 
sounds to us like odd. But he's saying that's not only do we not want to do that, not only is that not the best thing for us, but because it's not the best thing for us, it's not even from God. Holy moly. Holy moly. <laughs> I'm still challenged by this. I don't know if I'd say this enough on here, but anytime I say something every day, this whole thing about daily adventures and grace and speaking every day, I want to share what God's sharing with me. But honestly, more than anything else, it is for me. My, it helps me because as I'm talking through these things and God's revealing these things to me, saying things out loud helps me realize it for myself. And I, I, I don't want my daughter to move forward in her life just making her own plans and not relying on God because she's headed for a crash. Just like, you know, a 10-year-old who's trying to drive a bus. I really want her to let God drive the bus. I want her to enjoy the scenery. I want her to pick out things. I want her to make requests and have dreams and be excited and let God do the driving, you know? The thing that's really crazy here is this thing. We're always talking about certainty. And we do need to be certain who God is, who we are. But when we're talking about plans, so often we're like, oh, you don't know where you're going? Where's your faith? You don't know what's happening? Where's your faith? But what James says is there's a certain holiness to uncertainty. Not that we don't do our due diligence, but in saying, okay, this is what I think is going to happen. This is what I'm moving towards, but God's will be done. If God wills it, this will happen. There's always the if God, if God, if God. With our whole life, if God. If we could begin every part of our day, everything we do, Every thought, every passion, every plan with if God. How much different would our life be? Lord Jesus, if, if God, if you, so will it, Lord Jesus. May plans be established in our day. May we have blessings today. Lord Jesus, help us to surrender everything to you. It's so hard to let go in our humanity because of our own fear and our own desire, misplaced desire for control, God. But when you're in control, we're better. We're more in control when you're in control because we, have, we can have self-control when we're leaning on the right things, Lord. Help us not to lean on our understanding. Help us not to lean on our own plans. And even as I attend my sister's funeral, I pray for those who had leaned upon her and need something else, who leaned upon plans with her, Lord Jesus. My brother, her children, her friends, other family members. Sometimes you correct our course. And Lord Jesus, you're hugging her right now. You're hugging Banda right now. May we find a new hope in you, even with this uncertainty and this completely unplanned thing that happened. And even as I go with my daughter, Lord, I know she has plans for life and she's a planner and she's a doer. And I know she's still seeking you, God, and help her to put that if God, not just into overall life, but in every day. Because we know that's what's best, Lord. And be glorified and show us your will today, God. Show us the parts of your will that we need to know 
and help us to trust you for what we don't need to know and help us give up that thing in between where we feel like we have to know it all because we don't and you do, God. You be glorified in all things in your name. Amen. Be blessed, my friends. Amen.